Hello, this is Brian Scuttle of Sonic Cinema, and for my final interview for Fantasia Fest, I'm pleased to have talked to writer and director Ben Hosey, whose film Private Chat played on Friday, and it's a it's an interesting uh, <coughs> it's an interesting drama about addiction about uh, power dynamics and relationships. It has Julia Fox from Uncut Gems and Peter Vac, and I hope you enjoy that discussion. Oh, the first the first question I'd like to ask is where did the inspiration for Private Chat come from? Uh, good question. I mean, it, it came from a lot of different places. Uh, it, it came from the seed of an idea of me saying, uh, it's kind of weird that in so much of movies, people aren't actually showing cell phones and smartphones and the internet. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if that's just because artists are inherently nostalgic or it's because, like, those things are just so ugly that you don't want uh, this technology in the frame, you know, like a, like a, like to show like a screen capture is, is not very aesthetically appealing, but so, mm -hmm. so I was thinking, but it is, in my opinion, the most uh, historically unique thing about our times is that we live on the internet now. So I knew I wanted to make a movie about that. And then I knew I wanted to make kind of a, um, a, a movie dealing with a romantic relationship and then I knew I, I knew I wanted to make a movie kind of about capitalism and exploitation. So then it just kind of it all kind of crystallized. Like, okay, I'm going to make a movie about a guy who is addicted to internet gambling and and talking to cam girls. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of other different influences kind of came in. I saw Gaspar Noe's Love, which I loved, <laughs> and I thought uh, um, one thing I the movie really took me by surprise because I was expecting his normal thing, which is you know, he, he's kind of like the bad boy of cinema where he's always trying to shock you. Mm -hmm. And that movie, that movie I thought was actually just really tender and in some ways sweet. Um, and I thought, wow, I want to do that. I want to make a movie that deals with sex in a way that's not played uh, for titillation or for shock, but just mm -hmm. uh, kind of show, shows it in this very like um, tender and sincere and matter of fact kind of fashion, you know. Well, and one of the things that really uh, was one of the things that really identified in this movie, and one of the reasons that it struck me the way it did, is because of the fact that um, there there is you know there are some pretty graphic things in this, but it's not exploitative, and it's not it's it's played very real, it's played very honestly for the situation, and you don't feel like. You you don't feel like that this is exploitation at all. You you do think mm -hmm. you you feel like you're just watching intimate uh, situations between these characters, and I I think the ability to the ability to thread that needle of having uh, sexual content that is this graphic in a movie without being just for the sake of titillating or for the sake of exploitation is, is, is really hard to do. And I think it, pull, the movie pulls it off very well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was something we were really conscious of. Like, you know, how do we make this as real as possible, but not in any way 
like something we've seen before, you know, and, and not yeah. cheap. Um, yeah, I mean, I really have to thank Peter and Julia for being so uh, brave in their performances and, you know, just saying um, that we'll almost treat the, some of these scenes in like a documentary-like fashion. I mean, they're, they're acting and they're staging things, but it's like because of they're naked or, you know, mm-hmm. Peter's actually touching himself. It just, it creates this like thing of, wow, this is actually really happening. <laughs> There's yeah. definitely silence on the set. You know what I mean? Like, this is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And so, so did, uh, had you seen Uncut Gems uh, when you cast Julia in this movie or was that before? No, in fact, she it? wasn't, she wasn't even cast in Uncut Gems yet. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Cause we, we shot this movie over a really long period of time. We started it in 2018 and then, and then she got cast in Uncut Gems and went and shot that, but then we shot a bunch more stuff in 2019. Mm-hmm. So kind of in, in a weird way, she had never really been in a movie before. And all of a sudden she's like a, huge movie star yeah. in between the two <laughs> shoots, you know? And uh, you could tell, like, she had, like, a new kind of confidence about her when she came back. And she's like, yeah, I just did this movie with Adam Sandler. And we're like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, to her credit, she was still, like, super hardworking and, you know, didn't think in any way she was now above our small movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, the day Uncut Gems had, like, an early screening in New York, I, like, was there immediately just like dying to see another movie with her and you know i'm a sappy brothers fan so it was uh been kind of surreal to see um you know her her like kind of become a movie star in a weird way and yeah. then a lot of people to be this is her next movie and, and uh you know it's just it's just surreal uh. mm-hmm. yeah and and one of the it it's one of the things that was striking it's especially striking about her and when you take this and uncut gems is just how how comfortable she is bearing herself physically as well as emotionally mm-hmm. the way that she draws you know she she has this way of drawing you in with her sexuality but at the same time it's it's her intelligence that's going to keep you engaged with this character and that's one of the things that's so interesting about her character in uncut gems and then here mm-hmm. is that she you feel like there's a real connection with this character and it's not just it it goes to the film itself it's not just about titillation it's 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 about a power dynamic in this movie mm-hmm. and then when you start to get into her private life you start to see that you know she's she's struggling with a lot of these same emotions that, um, that Jack is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Julia is a great performer. She's, and she's an interesting person. She's, she's just very honest. Like when you meet her, you think maybe because she's kind of this downtown, um, you know, kind of like art person that they're going to, you know, have this vibe that they're so much cooler than everybody else. But in fact, she's really down to earth and um, is just super open. And she's like just an incredibly sweet person. You know, she's like like the our Catherine, the girl who did our uh, the makeup for Julia, like she would like bring cookies for <laughs> Catherine, and like you know they would have like these long chats about what what Catherine was going through in her life. And just, just and, and so so like uh, 
that's not really super relevant, but it, I think it speaks to Julia's character. But I think um, in in the uh, the di- some of the dialogue in the film came straight from Julia. Like for example, when she tells the story uh, about when he asked, "How did you get into being a, a, a doming?" Because Julia actually did do some dominatrix work when she was a lot younger. Definitely doesn't do any more, but. Um, uh, yeah, if you there's like a New York Times profile, and she like was pretty open about it. I wasn't sure if she wanted to share that information, but you know, I think she's kind of making it part of her mm-hmm. her story in some way. Um, but so I asked her one of, the, one of the early times we were hanging out, and I was explaining what I wanted to do with the movie. I said, "How did you get into to doming?" She's like, "Well, I've been into it since I was like four years old. Like I would like." whip the boys in my first grade class and ask them and I would ride them around like they were my dogs and stuff. And I'm like, that is hilarious. That has to be in the movie. So, you know, and, and she's like totally willing. I was like, just tell, just tell Peter in this scene that what story you once told me. And so she's really uh, super comfortable with just kind of like a, uh, being herself, which she also does in Uncut Gems. It's like, it's a different side of herself, but you know, she's, yeah. a, she's a very modern performer in that way, you know? She blends in with the fiction by just kind of like uh, exposing certain sides of herself, you know. Right. Um, excuse me. The scenes where uh, Peter and Julia are playing opposite one another on the cam chats is that. So mm-hmm. were they? How how did you film those? Did you film like one side and then the other, or did you? How how did that work? Well, I knew for for the continuity of the acting that they should be both filmed at the same time. So it was kind of a logistical problem. So what we ended up doing is um, in this apartment that I'm living in right now, actually in Queens, it's just two bedrooms and a kitchen in the middle. So uh, Jack's apartment is one side of, of the, of the building. And the other room became the, the, the room that's black with the hot pink wall of sex toys. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole crew's in the kitchen, um, cramped in there. And I'm operating the camera mostly in Jack's room, and sometimes I would come into her room. Uh, but they would actually be talking on webcam online to each other, and we would be capturing that feed as well. And there would also be a B camera, like a little SLR filming, uh, wherever the A camera wasn't, kind of just so. So we're getting coverage of all the conversations. So when they're improvising, you know, it's not like we have to get them to do that again. And uh, it, it created this very real thing where, you know, we would do super long takes. Like, they would be just talking to each other for, like, 30 mm-hmm. minutes, um, which allows it to be very real. And uh, it's almost like kind of like we're making a documentary about this, these very long conversations that we're having that sometimes would, get, would go nowhere and be meandering, but sometimes would get really interesting. And they're, the movie's heavily scripted. It's not like they're making up the story, right. but they're uh, – right. I'm allowing I'm allowing them to paraphrase, you know. I'm like, okay, so tell her about this like seafood idea that you made up, and you know, and this is what I think the idea is. But like, you know, take take your time. Here, you have like 20 minutes. Explain to her this idea, you know. And so we kind of would, would shoot in that kind of fashion. It, it got uh, some of the scenes we had to cheat because, um, you know, like uh, her actual apartment set was in a very different place in New York. So then. Mm-hmm. But then we did we did the same thing there where we put Peter in a different room there and we kind of painted the wall to look similar. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if, if you remember in the movie, like 
there's the empty bedroom that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jack's dead roommate has. And, you know, anytime, anytime, so anytime he goes in there, we have to strategically move her somewhere else. Cause that's where her room would have been. So mm-hmm. we had her like in the hot tub in the, bathtub in the bathroom you know there's like little uh, little logistic things it actually became kind of a nightmare to to figure it all out but you know hopefully it works you know (laughs) what were what were i mean other than uh the the filming of those scenes were there any particular challenges that you uh bumped up against in making this uh yeah i mean there was a lot of challenges yeah like the that gallery set piece was pretty tough because it was our first day of shooting, and um, you know I just hadn't figured out the tone of the movie yet. I think that that was that was the biggest problem for me is figuring out the tone. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, in the beginning, uh, uh, Jack was going to be like an extremely unsympathetic um, kind of psychopath in a way. Like that was that was the original idea of the film, but while making it. And we shot a few scenes of him acting like that. I thought, no one will like this movie, and I won't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't feel very truthful to me. Like, why would you want to be inside this guy? We've seen that kind of movie before. Like, we've all seen Taxi Driver before. It's just like, I don't want to make that kind of movie. Yeah. And I thought, if, if we... So me and Peter worked a lot, and this is kind of why we had to do a bunch of reshoots, to make him kind of as sweet as possible while still doing really unsavory things. Yeah. That way the audience... The audience's relationship to him becomes complicated and they're like, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about this guy. And I relate to him, but that makes that, that implicates me in some weird way, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it became, became this thing where, and the movie has a comic sensibility as well. And, and that was always intentional, but we developed it a lot more while making it where like kind of the, kind of the hook of the movie, which I, I didn't really realize until like halfway through making it is like, we're setting up a movie that could be an erotic thriller, but it becomes a comedy, basically a romantic yeah. comedy. Yeah. Um, which, which is like, once, once you figure that out, we had to like redo certain scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I think, I think one of the things that I, I think a lot of people will take away from this film is the fact that this, this, one of the things that, and one of the things I like about this is that they sort of come to, or at least, or at least Jack comes to this realization that, and we sort of come to this realization that sometimes, I mean, there's only a certain way that relationships are going to be effective, and for for these two characters, there's really only one way that these characters can be be effective as as a couple. And you're yeah. not quite sure if you can see them growing out of that, um, out of that dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like so many people that I talk to, um, they all people always want to ask me, like, so what happens? Are they like friends now, or <laughs> are they going to get together? And um, I think it says a lot about the people. Um, it says a lot about a person by what they think. If they think, oh, they're going to get together, then it says something about them. If they think, wow, that ending was really dark and these people are kind of pathetic because that's the only way they can relate to each other, and I bet they're never going to see each other again after this. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that says something about your world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. My own thinking, without giving too much away, is that I have a feeling that they're going to be strong friends because I, I think like the most important connection – uh, they have is that they encourage each other. Like he's he's the only one who encourages her her painting. And I think that's like the true 
source yeah. of successful relationships of when your lifestyles are compatible and you, and you have support for the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think they, they have, they have an opportunity to be good friends. And I do hope that she helps him, you know, get, get the money for the painter's son to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think they're going to have a successful romantic relationship. And I think Jack has a lot of growing up to do still mm-hmm. before he could be a good partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would definitely, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see that assessment. Uh, well, thank you very much for uh, making the time to talk to me. I'm glad we were able to set this up. Yeah, I appreciate it.